Chapter One, Joseph, Part Seventeen of the Legends of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legends of the Jews, Volume Two, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg. The Blessing of the Twelve Tribes. When Joseph and his two sons left Jacob, his brethren, envious of the bountiful blessings bestowed upon the three, said, The whole world loveth a favorite of fortune, and our father hath blessed Joseph thus, because he is a ruler of men. Then spoke Jacob, They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I have blessings enough for all. Jacob summoned his sons from the land of Egypt, and bade them come to him at Ramses, first, however, commanding them to make themselves clean, that the blessing he was about to bestow might attach itself to them. Another one of his commands was that they were to establish an academy, by the members of which they were to be governed. When his sons were brought into his presence, by the angels, Jacob spoke, saying, Take heed that no dissensions spring up among you, for union is the first condition of Israel's redemption." and he was on the point of revealing the great secret to them concerning the end of time, but while they were standing around the golden bed whereon their father lay, the Shekinah visited him for a moment and departed as quickly, and with her departed also all trace of the knowledge of the great mystery from the mind of Jacob. He had the same experience as his own father Isaac, who also had loss of memory inflicted upon him by God, to prevent him from revealing the secret at the end of time to Esau, when he summoned him to receive his blessing. The accident made Jacob apprehensive that his sons were not pious enough to be considered worthy of the revelation concerning the Messianic era, and he said to them, Ishmael and the sons of Keturah were the blemished among the issue of my grandfather Abraham. My father Isaac begot a blemished issue in Esau, and I fear now that among you, too, there is one that harbors the intention to serve idols." The twelve men spake, and said, Hear, O Israel our Father, the Eternal our God is the one only God. As thy heart is one and united in avouching the Holy One, blessed be he to be thy God, so also are our hearts one and united in avouching him. Whereto Jacob responded, Praised be the name of the glory of his majesty for ever and ever. And although the whole mystery of the messianic time was not communicated to the sons of Jacob, yet the blessing of each contained some reference to the events of the future. These were the words addressed by Jacob to his oldest son, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength. Thy portion should have been three crowns. Thou shouldst have had the double heritage of thy primogeniture, and the priestly dignity, and the royal power. But by reason of thy sin the birthright is conferred upon Joseph, kingship upon Judah, and the priesthood upon Levi. My son, I know no healing remedy for thee, but the man Moses, who will ascend to God, he will make thee whole, and God will forgive thy sin. I bless thee, may thy descendants be heroes in the Torah, and heroes in war. Though thou must lose thy birthright, yet wilt thou be the first to enter into possession of thy allotment in the Holy Land, and in thy territory shall be the first of the cities of refuge, and always shall thy name stand first in the list of the families of the tribes. Yea, thou shalt also be the first whose heritage will be seized by the enemy, and the first to be carried away into the lands of exile. After Reuben had had his ears pulled thus, he retired, 
and Jacob called his sons Simon and Levi to his side, and he addressed them in these words, Brethren ye were of Dinah, but not of Joseph, whom ye sold into slavery. The weapons of violence wherewith ye smote Shechem were stolen weapons, for it was not seemly for you to draw the sword. That was Esau's portion. To him it was said, By thy sword shalt thou live. Into the council of the tribe of Simon my soul will not come when they foregather at Shittim to do vicious deeds, and my glory will not be united unto the assembly of Korah, the descendants of Levi. In their anger Simon and Levi slew the prince of Shechem, and in their self-will they sold Joseph the bull into slavery. Accursed was the city of Shechem when they entered to destroy it. If they remain united, no ruler will be able to stand up before them, no war will prosper against them. Therefore will I divide and scatter their possessions among the possessions of the other tribes. The descendants of Simon will many of them be poor men, who will wander from tribe to tribe and beg for bread, and also Levi's tribe will gather its tithes and gifts from all the others. The words of Jacob, I will divide them in Jacob, spoken of Simon and Levi, were fulfilled on Simon in particular. When twenty-four thousand of Simon fell at Shittim, the widows they left behind married husbands of all the other tribes. Nevertheless, Jacob did not dismiss Simon and Levi without blessing them. The tribe of Simon was to bring forth the teachers and the beetles needed by all Israel, and Levi, the scholars that would expound the Torah and render decisions according to its teachings. When the remaining sons of Jacob heard the rebukes dealt out by their father to these three, they feared to hear like reproaches, and they tried to slip away from his presence. Especially Judah was alarmed, that his father might taunt him with his trespass touching Tamar. But Jacob spoke thus to him, Judah, thou dost deserve thy name. Thy mother called thee Jehudah, because she gave praise to God at thy birth, and so shall thy brethren praise thee, and they will all call themselves by thy name. And as thou didst confess thy sin openly, so also thy descendants, Achan, David, and Manasseh, will make public avowal of their sins, and the Lord will hear their prayer. Thy hands will send darts after the fleeing foe, and thy father's son shall pay thee respect. Thou hast the impudence of a dog, and the bravery of a lion. Thou didst save Joseph from death, and Tamar and her two sons from the flames. No people and no kingdom will be able to stand up against thee. Rulers shall not cease from the house of Judah, nor teachers of the law from his posterity, until his descendant Messiah come, and the obedience of all peoples be unto him. How glorious is Messiah of the house of Judah! His loins girded, he will go out to do battle with his enemies. No king and no ruler will prevail against him. The mountains will be dyed red with their blood, and the garments of Messiah will be like the garments of him that presses wine. The eyes of Messiah will be clearer than pure wine, for they will never behold unchastity and bloodshed, and his teeth will be whiter than milk, for never will they bite aught that is taken by violence. Though Issachar was the older, Zebulun came next to be blessed, as a reward for the sacrifice he had made for his brother's sake. For when Issachar chose the study of the Torah as his vocation, Zebulun decided to devote himself to business and support his brother with the profits of his trade, that he might give himself up to the law undisturbed. His blessing was that he would conquer the sea-coast as far as Zidon. Issachar, said Jacob, will take upon himself of the burden of the study of the Torah, and all the other tribes will come to him and ask him to decide their doubts on legal questions, 
and his descendants will be the members of the Sanhedrin, and the scholars that will occupy themselves with fixing the calendar. Jacob blessed Issachar also with the blessing that the fruits of his land should be exceedingly large, and this brought a heavenly as well as an earthly prophet in its train, for when the heathen to whom the fruits were sold marveled thereat, the Jewish merchants explained that their extraordinary size was due to the merits of the tribe of Issachar, whom God rewarded for their devotion to the Torah, and thus many of the heathen were induced to convert to Judaism. In blessing Dan, Jacob's thoughts were occupied chiefly with his descendant Samson, who, like unto God, without any manner of assistance, conferred victory upon his people. Jacob even believed the strong, heroic man to be the Messiah, but when Samson's death was revealed to him, he exclaimed, I wait for thy salvation, O Lord, for thy help is unto all eternity, while Samson's help is only for a time. The redemption, continued Jacob, will not be accomplished by Samson the Danite, but by Elijah the Gadite, who will appear at the end of time. Asher's blessing was the beauty of his women, who would be sought in marriage by kings and high priests. In Naphtali's land all fruits would ripen quickly, and they would be brought as presents to kings, and gain royal favor for the givers. This blessing was fulfilled in the plain of Gennesaret. At the same time Naphtali's blessing was a prophecy concerning his descendant Deborah, who was like a hind let loose against Sisera to conquer him, and she gave goodly words in her song of Israel's victory. Naphtali himself deserved the description applied to Deborah, for he was swift as a hare to do the will of God, and he was a fleet messenger unto his father and the tribes. They sent him whithersoever they would, and he executed their errands with dispatch. He served the brethren of Joseph as herald to announce unto Jacob the glad tidings, Joseph is yet alive, and when the stricken father saw him approach, he said, Lo, here comes Naphtali the lovable, who proclaimeth peace." Joseph's blessing exceeded the blessing of all his brethren. Jacob spoke, O son whom I bred up, Joseph whom I raised, and who was strong to resist the enticements of sin, thou didst conquer all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt by thy wisdom and thy pious deeds. The daughters of princes cast their jewels before thee, to draw thine eyes upon them when thou didst pass through the land of Egypt, but thou didst not look their way, and therefore wast thou made the father of two tribes. The magicians and the wise men of Egypt sought to defame thee before Pharaoh and slander thee, but thou didst set thy hope in the Almighty. Therefore may he who appeared unto me as El Shaddai bless thee and grant thee fertile soil and much cattle. May the blessing thy father giveth thee now, and the blessing that his fathers Abraham and Isaac gave him, that called forth the envy of the great of the world, Ishmael, Esau, and the sons of Keturah, may all these blessings be a crown upon the head of Joseph, and a chain upon the neck of him that was ruler of Egypt, and yet diminished not the honor due his brethren. The slander of which Jacob spoke referred to what Potiphar had said of Joseph before Pharaoh. He had complained, saying, Why didst thou appoint my slave, whom I did buy for twenty pieces of silver, to be ruler over the Egyptians? Joseph had then taken up his own defence, saying, When thou didst buy me as a slave, thou didst commit a capital crime. Only a descendant of Canaan may be sold as a slave, and I am a descendant of Shem, and a prince besides. If thou wilt convince thyself of the truth of my words, do but compare me with the likeness of my mother Sarah that Pharaoh had made of her. 
They brought Sarah's likeness, and verily it appeared that Joseph resembled his ancestress, and all were convinced of his noble lineage. The blessing that Jacob bestowed upon Benjamin contains the prophecy that his tribe would provide Israel with its first ruler and its last ruler, and so it was, for Saul and Esther both belonged to the tribe of Benjamin. Likewise Benjamin's heritage in the Holy Land harbors two extremes. Jericho ripens its fruits earlier than any other region in Palestine, while Bethel ripens them latest. In Benjamin's blessing, Jacob referred also to the service in the temple, because the holy place was situated in the territory of Benjamin. And when Jacob called his youngest son a wolf that raveneth, he was thinking of the judge Yehud, the great scholar, a Benjaminite, who conquered Eglon, king of Moab, and also he had in mind the Benjamites that captured their wives by cunning and force. Again, if he called Benjamin a wolf, Judah a lion, and Joseph a bull, he wanted to point to the three kingdoms known as wolf, lion, and bull, the doom of which was and will be sealed by the descendants of his three sons. Babylon, the kingdom of the lion, fell through the heads of Daniel of the tribe of Judah. Medea, the wolf, found its master in the Benjamite Mordecai, and the bull Joseph will subdue the horned beasts, the kingdom of wickedness, before the messianic time. End of chapter 1, part 17